Hey, Schmazettes, you're listening to Listen with Patty and Emily. I'm Patty. And I'm Emily. Five, six, seven, eight. Patty and Emily, most obsessively talking about all your favorite Broadway shows. Patty and Emily, thoughts and comedy from Broadway superfans. From Broadway superfans. Well, we're finally here. We did it. We did it. <laughs> a day late and all the dollars short since no, nobody gets paid. Nobody gets paid and we paid to go to a benefit. <laughs> <laughs> True. Yeah. Last night was the Honest Accomplice Theater benefit and it was a lot of fun. It was great. Yeah. Well, it was hosted by Susan Blackwell, who is always a delight. Oh my God, Susan Blackwell! I feel like she's I've, fantastic. I've missed her in my life because, as much as we hate Broadway.com, it did give us side by side by Susan Blackwell. This is true. I mean, this she gave us side by side by Susan Blackwell, but they mm. they were the vessel. Um, I feel like I feel like that Susan Blackwell is one of those people that I'm like, if there, if you just had like a podcast about your life just like a or like a reality tv show <gasps> yes <laughs> yes please i feel like she's just i mean and i guess i can't i mean i've only ever seen her when she's been on so well, right but she's so funny she's so funny she was so good she's a very she's like a very good improviser like she's very yeah she's right quick. off the cuff you know yeah she's mm-hmm. real fucking quick and there were great celebrity guests, as we said. All Keenan Bolgers and Keenan Bolgers mm-hmm. adjacent were present. All, yep, yep, and looking adorable Ugh. AF. Celia Keenan Bolger wearing, wearing fucking overalls, and I was like, "Missing spelling me right now." Thank you very much. <laughs> oh my god, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> what color were the overalls in that show? Those they were, were like pink. a red or something. They were pink. Pink, pink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These were like tasteful, classy oh, yeah. black like overalls. Fashion like overalls. Fashion overalls. <laughs> Andrew Keenan Bolger, nice blazer, uh-huh. classic. Maggie was wearing a cute little green dress. Yes, all of them on point. My, fa- I think my actually my favorite, <laughs> my favorite time, like thing that happened the entire evening was when Susan Blackwell was asking all the celebrity guests questions about like what you know what do you like about games or like what right. games you like or what are you, are you competitive uh-huh. and stuff like that and she asked Celia if she was competitive and Celia was like no not at all and right behind her Maggie like threw her arms up in a rage and was like what the fuck <laughs> well and she asked Andrew if he cheated and he was like, if it's with the Keenan Bulgers, you know, we're pretty cutthroat. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. There, I mean, I've played board games with Maggie Keenan Bulger, and she's this not fuck around. Do you remember like, when I got so mad serious. at that trivia game that we were making up at the 90s party that we went to? It was so, well, I was very drunk. Yes! <laughs> But what was so frustrating to me is yeah, that people yeah, were yeah. making up their own trivia questions, and like mm-hmm. that's shady as fuck. 
Right. I mean, it was like the middle of the night and we were all <laughs> drunk and at a party and Patty got infuriated so and we were just like it. talking about trivia questions and trying to like, like ask somebody trivia questions to, to the, each other. The like judge and check up on those answers. Patty, you're totally like, wait, what are your sisters like? Are you, who's your like Ross Rachel situation? I mean, not uh, Monica, Ross and Monica. Rachel? No. No. Like both Monica, both Ross. Monica Yeah, both Monica and Ross are like absurdly competitive. I think Maureen. I mean we're all pretty competitive, but I think Maureen and I are the most Maybe you guys can go up against the Keenan Bulgers because they're also like uh <gasps> pretty intensely a every competitive. Keenan Bulger throwdown. I love it. I am not competitive at all. Nope. Um, I guess Doug's kind of competitive. Jeff's competitive, but, like, not in, like, a petty game type of mm. way. He would be like, this is fucking stupid. <laughs> and, like, you not want to participate. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Did you guys play games? Like, did... Who? Your family? We had, like, every Sunday night we had dinner. Mm. That was the night we could eat dinner in front of the TV because we would watch Patty Lapone on Life Goes On. Oh, my God. That's fucking amazing. And then after dinner, we'd play a board game, usually $25,000 Pyramid. I mean, we had lots of games. I don't know. I guess I guess we like I feel like we had plenty of board games around, but they wasn't necessarily the game of choice. Game of games of choice were like imagination based yeah. games like, you know, Playmobil oh, and sure. like build a fort. Mm. And like go play in the backyard. Yeah. We'll still do a, do a, like a family charades tournament every now and then. <laughs> really, I've never played charades oh, with my really? family. Not even, never, not once. God, there was some really funny in. The, uh, I was really, re- like, really close to the charades, so mm-hmm. I could hear almost everything. And there was definitely some hilarious um, wrong guesses. Ah, in, ah, that's great. And so it's in that humming competition, right? Uh, so that was great. So one of the games they did was they were in two teams, and the other celebrities were. Nikki M. James and Laura Benanti and Tamar Wilson, Shakina Nifak, and who else? The, oh, the Keenan Bolger adjacent, John right. Connolly Edison. Right. Um, I think those did I were... Get, did I get his three names in the correct order? I believe you did. Great. And those, I believe, were all the celebrities, and then there were, like, the VIP normals that were playing along with right. them. Right. And they did this really funny humming game where they had to hum part of a song. They they went one team at a time, and it was very funny. That was pretty fucking great. Yeah, Laura Benanti humming. Uh, there was someone who was standing, like, near me or behind me who, during that, like, Laura, Laura was getting a lot of them, yeah. and it was, like, the structure where like once you if you get it then you're the next person right, to go right, right. And, and someone behind me was like Andrew hasn't gone at all <laughs> well, Andrew they were get like one getting right. really pissed off they're like Andrew Keenan Bolger if you don't get one of those answers <gasps> right so that I can hear you hum girl I'm Uh-oh. gonna be so annoyed I was like whoa being, being famous is a lot of pressure yeah, Celia was getting a lot right she, yeah she kept yeah. going up there 
And I think his name was Kevin on Laura Benanti's team. He was one of the normals, and he was crushing it. Oh, he was fantastic. Yeah, he was definitely crushing Mm -hmm. it. And they did charades like we talked about. And did they do one more game? Heads Up. They played Heads Up. Oh, right. Heads which Up. Which was the Broadway deck, which Emily and I did on our way to, were we going to Boston? Yeah. Boston. We going to Boston. Which time? For what? I think I it was Carolee and Finding, Finding Neverland. Neverland, I think. Yeah. Oh. Um, the, my favorite part about Heads Up was, um, oh, the other celebrity. Jacob Tobia? Yeah. Okay. So, like, when they were playing charades... And the both teams were like, you know, it was like a very nice competitive neck and neck. Oh, they're taking the lead. Oh, they're taking the lead. And then right at the end, um, Jacob was up and like the prompt was the get down, which oh, is. Oh, yeah, I want to watch that. that. And Netflix show. Yeah, yeah, I haven't watched it yet either. And they like were like, I literally like, I don't know what that is. What is, what are the those are just three words. Those are just three words <laughs> well, that I know in a le- <laughs> Right, right. And like if you've never like especially the get down right. and like you've never heard that. It was so oh, fucking hilarious. Because so they everyone was like trying to figure out how they were like, well, well explain it to us go by word by word. And they were like, I Yeah, because like, none of like they were like, I don't even know what it they're is. They're sort of abstract <laughs> words too. Oh right, That's right. Funny. Oh my god, wait. My absolute favorite yeah. fave, fave moment. Yeah. Did you catch this? When Nikki when and James dropped they were the doing, iPad. <laughs> yeah, that was great. It didn't break. It didn't break. When um, Celia and her husband, John, where when Celia had the iPad, was playing Heads Up. Yeah. And the thing on the iPad was Anything Goes. Oh, my God. Just describe <laughs> the show. <laughs> Oh my god, he wouldn't describe the show. It's so funny. He was like describing the the words. Like it's not charades. So be like sailors, tap dancing, Patty. Like all of us up in the balcony were like, oh my god. Oh my god, it was so. I was cracking up. I lost my shit. That was the funniest moment it was so hilarious he was he, like something they happens like lost that like, round what? yeah he's like he's like the opposite of Nothing. like something yeah. <laughs> he was so oh my god that was hilarious also like when it was nancy who was i think her name was nancy one of the normals yeah and uh celia and it was um a chorus line oh, and god. Through, it was, she it was, was like nikki m music, james dancing oh was that nikki yeah. m james like music, dancing, a musical, and she's like, "That's what the whole category is." She's like, a chorus and then she line. just like, and then she just like guessed a chorus yeah. line out oh, of nowhere. It was, it was awesome. Oh, what fun! What, what fun! What fun! <laughs> well, and on top of all the fun and games, it was such a great event for a great company, and I, I really really loved the bit of the transliteracy project that we saw. Yeah. Did you like it? I can't wait for all those videos to come out. It's so funny and it's so important. And do you have info on what the releases of those will be? I think, no, I don't. I I was going to speculate, but I don't. All right. Well, stay tuned to, um, they should be timely. Okay. To all the honest accomplice social medias, because they're really great. They're really important. And I think 
especially if there are people in your lives who really just don't understand and can't wrap their Mm. head around what any of it means. And they're the type of people that are like, it's why people, it's different. Like it's changed. The world is changing and it's too hard for me. I just want it to stay exactly the same. And I don't understand why it needs to change. I think it's a, a positive and not condescending and like, to where those people would not find it condescending, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Introduction to that, that whole world and to be able to then see those, see trans people as people, basically. Because a, a right. lot of times it's an issue you hear about where are, wherever you are um, and you don't encounter the actual people who are affected by it. Well, you don't think you, don't you do. You think you do. You don't know you do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think um, my favorite moment of the night was when maybe was talk- said a little brief thing about just, like, be able to work with Honest Accomplice because it's such a welcoming environment, which it is. Like, I, it's wonderful. Maggie and yeah. Rachel are just, like, such, such, like, cool, down, dope people. They just, like. Oh, they're great. Mm-hmm. But maybe said something about like what? what oh, were you I say? think I was gonna say what you now that I <laughs> think that you were gonna continue about like making the art that's important to them, right? And that's yeah, inclusive definitely of them. Yes, 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 exactly. And and I really liked what they said about. Um, they were like, working in this space is the first time that I felt like inclusion since finding out that I was trans. And I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, finding out you're trans. Yeah, that was like, that was a very interesting, to me, I had never heard anyone put it that way. And I don't know if that's language that's uh, uh, normalized among the, amongst the trans community or if that's just maybe's mm. language for describing their situation. No, I think, I think it is something, I mean that maybe is uh, I'm not familiar with that language thing but I love it yeah. I love it I think it's important I mean I think there's a really really good um essay in Gender Outlaws one uh Kate Bornstein's edited book about like trans people essays just about mm-hmm. different life experiences and stories and things Yeah Kate Bornstein total badass um, <laughs> uh, I think that gender outlaws, like, I mean, I think it's such an important book to read if you're having any, if you have questions about gender identity, and also if you don't have questions well, sure. about gender identity, because maybe you should have questions about gender identity. Well, that and also to understand those that do, which may then lead you to an understanding in yourself. Mm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's true of reading with with careful vetting of what you're actually reading before you read it. Anything of a topic you're not familiar with or that confuses you or challenges you. Mm. Like you don't want to accidentally read propaganda or something, but. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's propaganda. Well, that's a little true. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I mean, you know, 
unless I'm wrong, honest accomplice is it's not like you missed your chance to donate. You know, no, you go to their website not. and you are more than welcome to donate to them whenever. Mm. And if you are interested, if you're a college student and having them come, part of what they were raising money for was to continue touring the birds and the bees. So look into having them come to your school and just check out all their work. It's great. Hell yes. Thanks for making it with them, Emily. It's amazing. I mean, working with Honest Accomplice has been probably the most life-changing experience to date. So, please give us all your money. (laughs) Yeah. Until we destroy capitalism, we need your dollars and cents mm. to create art. We were I actually had a conversation with one of our other ensemble members and the other day where I was like thinking about I've been thinking about capitalism a lot. Have and you? <laughs> <laughs> I was like talking to Seth and was like, Can you imagine if we were in a situation financially where this was all of our full-time jobs Mm. where the theater company was in a place where like Maggie and Rachel didn't have to have day jobs. Like everyone who everyone, nobody is making money. Like none of us are making money. I've been paid money from honest accomplice for the work that I've done, but nothing that is significant to survive in this world. You know, right. We're all doing it because we love it. And I was like, can you imagine, like, could you just imagine, like, how much we would be able to do, how much we could accomplish, how much energy we would all have? Mm. At the beginning of every rehearsal, we always start by going around the circle and saying our names and our pronouns and how we are entering the space. Mm -hmm. And, like, a lot of the time, a lot of us, like, a big portion of us come into the space, like, with really negative emotions. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I'm frustrated. Like, because we're all way overspent. And, like, having that moment with Seth just being like, fuck, God, can you imagine how amazing that would be if we really could each be spending all of our energy creating this art that we think is, like, so fucking important? (sighs) I just watched the Next Generation episode of Star Trek where the, um... There's, like, those people who were cryogenically frozen, and they find their, like, pod out in the world, and they're all, like, from, you know, Earth in the Uh the 80s or whatever. And one of the guys (laughs) is like, I have to call my lawyer. And Riker's like, call? And then later, um, Picard, like, schools him and is like, there is no need. There is no want. And the guy's like, then what's the challenge? Right? Yes. That's a great episode. It is a great episode. Oh, I love that episode. It's so funny. I thought that you were totally about to reference the episode where <laughs> they meet um, a race of people on a planet who, like, there's only one gender. Um, and then Riker, obviously, falls for one of them, one of them who obviously don't be playing it was the fucking early 90s was played by a female oh, bodied sure. cisgender you I know but they were one. like oh, we're all one gender yeah, oh my that god one. that episode is uh it's fascinating it's fascinating because you can see how 
A, they thought they were doing something awesome. Mm-hmm. They were like, we're representing. <laughs> we're like making a metaphor about something important and rights yeah. of marginalized. Uh, but it's, so, it's just really atrocious well, they in many ways. Tried. I mean, obviously, <laughs> it's Star Trek. Right. I mean, everything about... I love Star Trek Welcome so much because Star Trek podcast. it's so illogical. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, should we Dreamcast the Star Trek musical to keep it musical theater related? <laughs> Carly Carmelo is Beverly Crusher. Carly Carmelo. And Graham Rowatt's Riker. Did we? Did we <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. That's perfect. That's funny. Oh, that's great. Did you see the new Star, Star Trek movie? Yeah, I saw it. Beyond? I didn't see it. Oh, it's good. My dad and I kept planning to go, and then we never It'll made it. It'll be on Netflix soon. Can't wait. Anyway, okay. this has been... What's the name of our Star Trek podcast? Um... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I was, like, trying to think of a good pun, and I froze. Also, I was trying like, to think of, like, another word that's, like, listen, but is, like, high-tech. Oh. Um, should we call it Make It So? <laughs> Make It So! <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. Great. Welcome to Make It So. Make It, Make it So. The Patty and Emily's Spin-off Star Trek Star podcast. Trek. Star Trek podcast. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So niche. Well, let's get to the stuff that happened last week. <laughs> um, yeah. We went, did two things last week. We went to this really great tastemakers event because we make tastes. Yes, um, we do. At, we taste At the make National tastes. Black Theater. It was focused on mm-hmm. their upcoming world premiere of the play Sweet. And it was mm-hmm. so, so exciting. And I'm so excited yeah. to see that show. Yeah, me too. Me too. It was great. I have to say, like, we've been to a fair amount of talkbacks, and maybe also it was, like, the intimacy of the group because there was no, you know, there was no, like, how how is your actors going to learn all the lines? (laughs) All the questions that were asked were, like, really, like, because I think the people that were there, like, were really invested. You know, it it wasn't, like, an open to the public thing. Well, and Maybe even, I've never been to, like, a and a that was, like, with a closed group of people. Yeah, I guess... It was the, such an in- insightful, uh, wonderful discussion to yeah, listen to. I guess the tastemaker stuff that we usually go to is just sort of, like, a presentation, if anything, hmm. and then, like, wine and hors d'oeuvres, and you sort of talk amongst yourself. There's no sort right, of right. moderated discussion. Right. I loved it. I thought it was such a great I thought it was one of the one of the best moderated discussions I've ever seen moderated. Mm. I mm. I would it's agree. Hard to, it's actually, hard to moderate is, yeah, a discussion. It's hard to do. Um but it was engaging. The moderator mm-hmm. was well informed, which sometimes isn't mm-hmm. a thing. And yeah, yeah. the audience asked the audience asked questions that continued the discussion while also expanding it mm-hmm. and the staff especially uh Shade, i believe is her name jumped in and just had us all wrapped 
<laughs> we were just oh girl with uh, this you know really you know when you've had something burning <sighs> it's just yeah. been simmering yeah you and know and then you're like it. oh it's here I have it and I'm ready and it's all ready to go oh it was such an inspiring moment the way she spoke like I know. She's and a then she you know she sort of did the thing that anybody does and sort of apologized because she felt like in that moment, she felt probably like, oh, I was went a little too long with this or whatever, you know. And everyone and was like, like, no, we no, love you. You went just as Please, long as you needed to go. <laughs> right. And she said, I mean, I like she was saying all the things that it's so refreshing to be in a room in a space where people are believing in the things that I want, like who are, you know, saying <laughs> yeah. like, we need to do good work, mm-hmm. not like let's put up this show that's gonna make money 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 money. but you know yeah I was tweeting from our account little tidbits of the conversation and I I thought about adding something about what she said but it touched on all the other things and also I don't know that I could even Mm. you know capture that's not something you could sum up right yeah and and also wearing adorable overalls. Oh, yes. Well, and I think... Lots of overalls this episode. I think what was touched on earlier, so the theme of their season, of it's the 48th season of the National Black Theater, it deals with the concept of black joy. The playwright, Harrison David Rivers, talked about how he wanted to make a play about black love and black lust and black people that wasn't political. That like that its aim wasn't political and sort of later in the discussion, what Sade sort of it brought out from her amongst the other discussion was how that in its own right is political and how mm-hmm. doing things like this challenges what people see as black joy, especially because often what is fed to us as what quote unquote black joy is, is the idea of how white people see black joy that has infiltrated all other art forms, including black art forms. Absolutely. It's, um, it's similar to like, have you, if you really break down the concepts of like the trope of like a strong black woman, Mm -hmm. the reason why that is harmful is because you're like, Oh, Wow, look at that strong black woman. She's so strong. Wow, we should admire her for all her strength. Without acknowledging that strength is born from pain and strength is born from struggle. Mm -hmm. And the only reason a person becomes strong is because they've been fucking putting up with shit. Mm -hmm. So it's, you need to understand like what people are going through. And yeah, like I, yeah, I'm excited to see this show because I think it's like what they were talking about is like the most necessary thing is like, we need to, we all want to be in a place where having a, seeing a show that is like, like, like this is like going to be a really extreme way to verbalize what I'm saying, but like, I think we're all no i'm very reasonable um like i think we all want to be living in a world where we can see mediocre uh art by black people produced do you know what i mean 
Like, because we should be living in a society that is producing so much black work. Oh, I And even mediocre yeah. black work can be made. Like, can get made. Like, are you me. fucking kidding me? How much mediocre and, like, not even mediocre, but, like, pure trash yeah. white stuff gets done. Yeah. Like, pure trash. Pure trash. Think about all those cabled, whatever. Like, I could go on. Yeah. You understand I it. I do. I get what you're saying. Well, and I think another- and like this this show right now, it's like yes, it's political. It's extremely political because right now in our time, having a show that's just like a very simple love story, family story that's about black people, but not about like them being black. their greater place, their greater place in like white supremacy and right. oppression in the entire fucking universe. That is, it's just important. Yeah, and I, I think one of I the other the train things, of that thought. <laughs> one of the other things that Shade touched on that we talked about afterwards was how because it's such a universal story being told by black people, mm. anyone who comes to see it will identify with it and leave understanding parts of it that touch them mm. in a way that that a lot of us who want everyone to see how colorblind casting can be used Mm. in stories that are, from what we see, universal, this play in, in, in that magical world that doesn't exist could be done with anyone of any race. Right, the way right. we feel like any quote-unquote white show can be, because it's not about right. that. Well, Sweet is running from October 19th to November 20th, and I'm I'm really excited to see it, and I'm Me sad too. that I haven't seen a show there. I feel Me too. like... I know, I've been living up here for almost a year yeah. now. I know, it was right by your Quite house, a disgrace, and Emily. you're like, where is this? Right by my and house. I was like, is, oh, it was a there? wonderful, <laughs> wonderful evening. Yeah. I'm sure, well, shit, yeah, if it's in the hood, God, that's so convenient. I don't know, I've never had this uh, type of commuting privilege. Yeah. I did that one time we saw that show in Brooklyn. That was nice. <laughs> oh, yeah, the one in Gowanus? In Gowanus, yeah. I couldn't oh, even God. walk there, though. Yeah, that place, that was a sketchy area. Well, it's Gowanus. I mean, it was like an industrial area. (laughs) They're trying to make it happen. Maybe it will. (laughs) Well, the other thing we did last week was we went to Brooklyn, but it still took me an hour to get there. (laughs) That's nonsense. Why did it take you the same amount of time as it took me? Because I had to take three (laughs) trains. That's just, that's just nonsense, man. Anyway, we saw the bad years <laughs> in Bushwick. Brooklyn. Yeah, it's a Kerrigan Loudermilk musical, and it's mm-hmm. immersive theater. And I'll say this yeah. before we start our discussion. It is billed as a workshop. So mm. to me, that means it's a work in progress. So anything we say is is aimed to be helpful. Right. And this intro does not mean we did not have a good time. (laughs) Right, right. I think that is actually the key to our experience. I had a good time. I enjoyed myself. I still have absolutely no idea what the show is about or what happened or what any of the music sounded like. And I would love to know those things some other time. But I still had a great time exploring 
talking to you about what the fuck's going on. Sharing, I like, don't know. across the room eye contact with people, also being like, what's uh-huh, happening? Uh-huh. Ooh, ooh. Watching lots of shenanigans, mm-hmm. playing some Mario Kart. Like, we had a blast. Yeah, we it had was a, blast. a lot of fun. The closest thing, obviously, I can compare it to, and I feel like most people will, is Sleep No More, which is unfair because Sleep No More is an established theater company who was able to completely build out an extensive world. And Mm -hmm. part of, part of our major criticism of this workshop so far is that because it was hard to follow the story, we didn't know how long it was going to last. (laughs) Mm. And, the space isn't necessarily big enough for the amount of time you have to explore it. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, I think the most critical issue was that the sound system didn't allow you to hear what was going on. Right. That is a problem. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty hard to come back from. Yeah. And but, there were listen, sound There was issues a lot of enthusiastic in performances happening. There are also we also heard some goddamn amazing oh, singing. I mean, I mean it wasn't on. like we couldn't hear anything. Right. It was just like because of the way it was like built in a big room made into smaller rooms, yeah. but there was no ceilings to the smaller rooms. Right. So the sound was it was happening in the entire color. larger space. Yeah. But then sometimes you'd be in one room and you'd be like, I can't hear what's happening. What's Right, happening right here in this room, but somebody's scrutting yeah, somewhere. Like in somebody's the background, you're somewhere. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Somebody's screaming, <laughs> and I love it. I just wish it was happening. Where is it happening? What? I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Yes, and to have any idea of what the plot was besides. The world's ending, but we're not sure if that's metaphorical or literal. And somebody's a metaphor for Jesus. He has a house party. And there was that. So the end. There was like some Messiah complex going on. Which I can just deal with that. I can just not have that ever. Right. Yeah, that'd be great. (laughs) No, I'm here for it. I mean, it was very like. I've been to these parties, my well, not even necessarily minus the high belting, mm. but minus the <laughs> sound systems and right. Uh, well, sure. I mean, I think. I mean, in any event, uh, going a house party is never ever on my agenda. Right. I haven't been to one in that quite some time. Only a, a social situation I enter to because of theater. <laughs> So I, you know, I don't know what the future of this pro- project is, but I think it's definitely a fun thing that is a, a, a future of theater. It's not the future of theater, mm-hmm. but it's adding to the language of what we think theater is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I would love to see this show again with a really awesome banging set sound system. So somebody just give them, somebody write them a blank check yeah. so that I can have this theater yeah. experience. Thank you. Yeah. It, much appreciation. So this is done, this run. It was, a, as I said, workshop. So Jen Tepper was there when we saw it, and she did mention that they had done a workshop earlier. So obviously they're still working on it. Mm. And there will be a future, presumably, for the show. Everyone seemed to be having a good time. It was well uh, attended. Yeah. So keep 
keep your ears out. Mm-hmm. I think this could be a, a fun show in the future. You know what is my one other criticism? That's not actually what? a criticism necessarily, just as like a suggestion, because it's yeah. certainly not the norm. But I think that this would be cool because like there was a lot of, um, uh, uh, you know, audience interaction with the performers. Yes. They were like very hands on. And mm-hmm. I immediately like, especially when the show started, we realized that we were like right the fuck up in front. Yes. And I immediately was like, you need to be okay with this. Because yeah. like, and I thought about it and I was like, you know, I have like gotten to the point where I, I have like kind of just like accepted that that is required of me to like give up some of my comfortability to like have an experience mm-hmm. like that. But I was like, it would be cool if if for greater accessibility for people that like that would be a really scary situation to go into. Also because it's a house party, so it's super easy. If you have like indicators on people that don't want to be yeah, touched thinking, or like interacted with, this, you could like yeah. Put face paint on your cheek. Put like a, a fucking ooh, ooh, like a, a fucking temporary tattoo on your. Oh, that would uh, be you know, fun. like yeah. fucking temporary tattoos on your way in. You know, like, and then right. the actors can like immediately, very easily identify people that they yeah. shouldn't touch or have prolonged eye contact with. Yeah, or dance. Oh my with. god, that I prolonged. Got pulled, oh we got yeah, pulled out to dance. I got right? pulled out to dance. Yeah. Which was fine and fun, but even even the way that it was structured with people coming in and out of rooms, you could be with your back to the wall right, somewhere right. just observing and still have someone come up to you right. and interact with you. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, I as soon as you started talking, I ha- I was like, oh, I get where she's going. Yeah. And yeah, that's an easy fix. Because it's, yeah, because I think like... Going to that show and having the experience that we had is one thing, but an experience that for me probably would have been a lot more comfortable is if we could have been like fly on the wall the whole time. I would have had a far and away more like less anxious, more enjoyable experience if like I was like, nobody can see me right now. Nobody's going to touch me. Like that would have been amazing. But yeah, just like that'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Also, then you would could give us all temporary tattoos, which I know is an added <laughs> expense. But okay, well, we have uh, uh, some stories to talk about this week. We have castings and closings and things. So, <laughs> just casually, Leona Lewis drops that she's leaving Cats. When on Twitter? Oh, on October Twitter? 9th. What? Yes. Whoa! Wait. I didn't even realize it was like that. Oh, my God. She's like, just all of a sudden was like, it's hard to believe I'll only be in Cats for another month. And everybody was like, oh, what? That's so funny. Girl, you're supposed to work out with your manager when to drop that bit. That's funny. I mean. I love it. I love it. What a boss bitch. Just, it's like. Okay, bye. I love it. It's like for every time that some actor has found out their show is closing by opening up Twitter, Leona Lewis was like, bye, I'm leaving the show. I mean, I'm sure that's like not how it happened because obviously she has a contract, but like. Yeah. (laughs) It's funny. I know, crazy. And then there's already like, who's going to be 
Grizabella. Alice Ripley. And, like, well, I mean, I think at this point they had the aesthetic that they were going for and nobody really cared. Mm. And I think Cats can sell itself. And I hope that they see that and start casting it with, like, just awesome ladies. Oh, that would be amazing. I know. Uh, it's just... I'm, I'm really, I mean, very curious to see who is the first person to go in. I know. I really, like, I don't, I really don't know what they'll, what they'll go for. I, yeah, no, I just hope it's, I hope it's like Alice Ripley. I hope it's Carly Carmelo. Oh I my God, Carly Carmelo, come on. <gasps> Fuck, that would be amazing. You know, all of those ladies, and it, like, it because I would love for one of them to have like a long standing gig that'd be great but it would also be fun if it was just sort of like a a drop in oh yes i know? mean listen <laughs> i would go see cats once a month if that's what was like happening just like rotating ladies uh, that would be great. hello could i get like a buy 10 get one like i would see cats every <laughs> month depending on who was going into it like that's <sighs> real that's real yeah. Crazy. Slash, I would see Cats once a month if Carla Carmelo was in it the whole time. <laughs> I'm sure. No, I mean, I'm sure. Um, I really like this Playbill article that was like, her final performance date is October 9th. Her replacement, in parentheses, who will perform the standout ballad memory. <laughs> oh my God. Get over has yourself. Not been well, no fucking shit. You think they're going <laughs> to give the song to somebody else? <laughs> funniest fucking thing I have heard. That is so... Why would you describe it that way? Why would you... I have why no would you, idea. Why would you say that? I love it. That is so weird. So weird. Well, the other... Well, I guess this isn't cast... That wasn't casting because she's leaving, but we finally... <laughs> It's within two days, first we got Bette Midler also casually dropping on Twitter and completely not, I was completely unprepared and budgetary wise for like two days later being like, hey, uh, uh, Hello Dolly tickets go on sale on Saturday. And it was like Thursday. And I was like, well, thanks. I don't have a million dollars. And then the next day, they were like, and here's the cast. Ah. And it was some information we already knew because we fancy. <laughs> and some new information and some predictable information. Like, it's mostly white people. <laughs> Burp. <sighs> Speaking of casting, not uh, universally. Um, but, you know, they they doubled the... Um, they doubled the usual one person, one boy, one girl oh, person of color. The usual? You mean like <laughs> the reversal? You mean like back to what used to be the normal uh, allotment of black well, people was, you had to put in your ensemble to prove to other racist white people that you weren't racist? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I see you. I see you with two yeah. men and two women. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's uh, just really which, frustrating for someone who like Whatever. Stop having faith in celebrities. That's what it... That's what the lesson is. Oh, yeah. That's what the lesson is. Why do we have faith in celebrities? Why do we think that because... 
Bette Midler has a slice of pizza at Two Boots called Earth Mother, so we think that she, like, loves all people, <laughs> that she would turn that love into proactive uh, activism for black people. Why would we assume like that? Not, I think it's just not a thing. This is, doesn't help at all, and I'm not... But it's just not a thing she would think to do. I think right, but that's exactly the problem. Happened, well, no, I know, I know, I know. That if someone told her, hey, you could do this, she might be like, oh, that's a good idea. But, like, you have to know that that's a... Unfortunately, first of all, unfortunately, you have to know that right now that's still a thing you have to do. Right. That you have to use that power that you have. And then second of all, you have to do it. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. I know. It is disappointing. And what's more, what's super frustrating to me, and, again, none of this, as we've said, has anything to do with the actual people cast. Sure. They will be great. Of course. What's super frustrating to me is that because they had Bette Midler, they literally could cast anyone else in this show. Exactly. Exactly. It's an opportunity for you to win an over some really racist people. Um, <laughs> like, and someone like Bette Midler, who in, you know, my heart, I want to be like, she is a person that cares about other people. Like, I feel like she has on occasion, actually, unlike most, you know, celebrity type people has actually tweeted about, you know, black people that have been murdered by the police and so that had indicated to me, foolishly, that she would be proactive. I don't know. It's, like, frustrating when you see someone like someone like that, like Bette Midler. Like, you could ask for anything. Like, bitch could ask for anything. Yeah. She's Bette fucking Midler. She's, <laughs> oh, like, she can get anything Ugh. she wants. And you want to be like, girl, use that power. You have so much power. You could use it. Oh, you're not going to? Okay, never mind. Status quo. Ugh. I mean, I know. I know. I, th- I think it's just, like, as much as she is of the peace and love generation, she's also of the generation that, like, thinks they fixed things. Right. Well, exactly. And I don't want to speak for her personally, but that's how, certainly, I wouldn't be surprised if, if that's, oh, I, you know, I didn't think. Well, I think the heart, I think like that is so much work. Right. Exactly. I think that's like a huge for people of her generation, baby boomers. It's like, but we did all that civil rights stuff. We did that. So we fixed it already. And it's like an extremely, uh, oh, they just can't grasp these, these, it's so frustrating for them. They can't understand how they went on a march like back then and things were like, no, but things are still bad now. And it like really offends them to know that things are still really bad. It like really, really offends them. And that is like a core issue. I think that we need to break through is that like, like, sorry, you feel insulted that we're saying that your like civil rights activism wasn't good enough. It's not about yeah, you. It's, it's really <laughs> not about you. Yeah. Shut no, the I fuck know, up. I, <laughs> I feel like every conversation I get into these days comes back to that where you're just like, white people, it's not about you. Yeah. 
But everything's about me. No, no. No, it's not. Not everything. <laughs> no. Not everything. We're going to make mm, not much, nothing needs to be about you right now. We're you're good. Y'all are fine. <laughs> all right. Well, like here's what's so frustrating is said, I have all that feeling and then I'm like, "Holy shit." Well, Hello, right. Dolly with that fucking Midler. Pat <laughs> Midler with Ben Baldwin uh, and with Keith. Gavin Creel yeah. with Jennifer Samar. Is he like, keeping again, the stash? I sure hope so. Is he, or is he going to try a new stash, a different stash? I feel like he needs to change it up because if he is sporting the same stash that he was sporting last mm. season, and she loves me, then I call bullshit. I need a different I stash. Like, Maybe like thinner, creepier. <laughs> what's crazy I feel like to you what's crazy to me is that david hyde pierce is i'm like the least excited about him he's playing horace yeah well like, he like barely like, he like doesn't sing and he's only in a cut he's like but really like, boring and just like a curmudgeon you know what i mean it's like, gonna be interesting to well that's like okay but like it it isn't isn't surprising because when you think about like walter Matthau, like there's like like I don't find anything exciting about him. Was is he in the movie? I yeah, seen yeah. Oh. You know <gasps> what? <laughs> Patty. When we saw when we saw Patty. When we saw Nancy Opal Hello Dolly, that was the first time I had seen Hello Dolly. I mean, that was the first time I'd seen, I think, a stage production of Hello Dolly. But any Oh any my Hello god, Dolly. Patty. That movie is. I, le- you, I, I was love a that house. movie. I love that movie. Yeah, and like that movie. Watching that movie was one of my like naive young person rude awakenings, where I like watched Hello Dolly. Was in like a very deep Barbara Streisand thing at the time, mm-hmm. and like went to. I was like working. It was like my first job working at a cafe back in Seattle. <laughs> I like came to work the next day and I was like, I just watched the best movie last night. Oh, <laughs> Haven't you heard of it? Cause it's so good. I'm sure you all know uh-huh. about it because it's the best movie ever. And everyone was like, Amazing. we don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Oh. And I was like, what? But it's Barbara Streisand. What? <laughs> so right. confused. What? Hilarious. I thought everyone loved her. <sighs> Silly Emily. Hey, you have to watch Hello Dolly. I mean, you should wait now. Yeah. Well, we're still pretty far away. I think I could watch it. Yeah. It's so... It's not I, I love... I mean, the movie gets a bad rap because Matilda that... has to close first. Is the... True, true. <laughs> That's the movie that... When Barbara Streisand was doing Funny Girl on Broadway, Carol Channing was doing Hello, Dolly! on Broadway. And then Barbara, like... It's when they were, they were then like a year later, they were like, we're doing a movie of Hello, Dolly. And f- they like fucking booted out Carol right. Channing for Barbara Streisand. Mm. But Whatever. I love that movie a lot. I'm sure it would have been a completely different film and eat like a, just a joy, a joy with Carol Channing. Yeah. I mean, are you kidding me? A joy with Carol Channing. <laughs> but I still love that movie. It's on Netflix. I'll watch it. <gasps> is it? Oh, my God. I should it watch it. It is on Netflix. <laughs> All right. I'll watch it. Well, I mean, I didn't buy tickets because I didn't have any money. 
but uh, you know, this is one of the shows. You know, we talked about it last week. I don't like paying a lot for things. <laughs> I think I'll I'll pay a hefty amount if I have enough notice, Bette Midler. Um, I could have saved up and bought tickets, but now I know. And it's not completely sold out. It did sell like a record breaking nine million dollars in like one fucking day. Wow! But it's not completely sold out. There are tickets available. I'm sure they won't. They maybe would do standing room because there's standing room spots at the Schubert. Um, they're not going to do Rush, obviously. I shouldn't say obviously, but I assume. Um, probably most of the cheap cheap tickets are gone. There were chunks of shows that weren't sold because of, like, they'll sell them when they announce who the standby is because I think, you know, she'll have, like, a vacation plan. Oh, so, like, they're not not selling any of the tickets that are to the performances that she, like, the matinees and stuff? So, currently, yeah, I think, I think right now she's, of the preview period, she's doing eight shows a week. Or something like that. Yeah, like, yeah. Isn't she doing it and then reducing afterwards? Yes, yes. And so whatever she sold, whatever they sell now, whatever they have sold, supposedly, mm. like, Bat Midler will be in unless, unless like, she gets sick or calls out or whatever. But she's scheduled to be in any tickets that have currently sold. Interesting. Yes. I mean, ideally, I don't know who the standby is. Ideally, I would love to see both. Because <laughs> um, I'm sure the standby yeah. is going to be great. Same. Same. So we'll see. We will see. Um, that Midler. Hello, Dolly. Midler. God, her show, listen, I mean, god damn it. Her show in Vegas was one of the greatest, like, live performances I have ever seen a human, like, achieve. I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. And this is what other people were saying. I can't remember who I was talking to, but we were talking about, like, her doing all these shows. And I was like, yeah, but she did Vegas, like, not that long ago. I mean, they're an hour and a half, but... right. They, no, I mean, Bette Midler, I mean, more than one show a night, right? she's, I would say, it's not like she can't do it. I mean, she's, yeah. A, she's always getting older. She's also, I think, right. I think it has more to do sure. with her being like, bitch, I don't want to. And honestly, <laughs> I have to be, a, I have to salute her on that. She's sure. worked hard for a long time. And she's like, mm, no, I'm like, all right, you do it. Yeah, but apparently but, in this instance, she's like, yes. Right. Okay, what else? I I don't want to talk about it anymore because I don't have tickets. But um, something else we need to get tickets to that we need to revisit. Hmm. Judy Kuhn is going into Fiddler. Oh, Judy Kuhn. I love her so much. I'm so happy for into her. Fiddler. That's perfect. Wait, she's going to uh, play Jessica Hecht, right? Yes. Yeah, Where's Jessica, Jessica Hecht going? Uh... Just I don't know. Going, back to doing something. Assembled party. I feel I don't like know. she rides that- horses in her free time. <laughs> I could definitely see her right? in a pair of job purse. Right. That was mm-hmm. definitely the base of that inspiration was that she would mm. look great in those riding pants. Yeah. Well, um, Judy Kuhn is going in the 22nd and it closes on Christmas. Nope. Uh, closes on New Year's Eve, so she's only going to be in it for a little over a month. Wish you could see it during Hanukkah. 
Okay. I would be Jewish. Yeah, I don't know. Actually, well, I don't know if I'll even be around because I don't know what my plans are. But hmm. at some point uh, before that, I'll see uh, Judy Kuhn in Fiddler. Because oh, also, I wanna, I would love to see Fiddler again. Just mm-hmm. you know, I only saw it that one time. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and now I'm prepared for the dream. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what I was gonna say. Now you'll know. Uh-huh. Oh, well, funny. the last thing is that we have a couple of shows closing. Mm. Something Rotten is closing the last day of Hanukkah, <laughs> the first, and The Humans is closing on the 15th. And I really do have to say, I really, I can't explain how happy I am that shows are taking this tact, that they are announcing closing much you know with a few months to go right yeah everybody's still closing in january right but they're letting us know yeah maybe they'll close earlier if the holidays don't go the way that they think they will but either way for us and for the casts they're not like hey guys we're closing tomorrow right you know yeah or in a week or whatever right it's just so much better for everyone all around yeah and I'm I'm glad that this is the trend, and I hope it continues. And if January is, you know, the graveyard month for Broadway, as it continues to be, that's fine. But, like, let's have everyone prepared for it. Right, right. And by then, a bunch of plays will be open so the humans mm-hmm. can leave. And they recouped, so. Good for, good them. for them. Right? Plays, man. Carolee, 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 update. Carolee Carmella wants a job. Oh, if you we want it for are in charge of a theater company. (laughs) Carolee Carmella, I'm just saying, consider turning your entire theater company into a Carolee Carmella based theater (gasps) company. Yes, please. That is uh, functioning to serve whatever roles Carolee needs to play. Yeah. Starting yeah. with starting with what, Patty? What's what's the first one? What do you think? First off the top of my head was Grey Gardens. I want to see her play Little Edie. Oh, I want to see her play I Little Edie. I thought Mame. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. God, you know what's fucking killing me right also, now in like... What? Amazing Broadway lady adjacent news on social media. Emily Skinner's posts from being in oh Follies. God, yes. Every time she posts something, I like yes. a little piece inside of me is like, I know, uh, I know. Uh, maybe I, I should know. abandon my life and fly to wherever she is. I don't even know where she is. It's St. either Louis. Oklahoma or okay, that one. Oh. No, I, I think, don't know. I think Follies it's is in either St. Louis. St. Louis or Oklahoma. Those are the two main places yeah. she usually hits in the Maybe summer. Maybe she did Follies in both. I don't know. No clue. But I <sighs> am living for everything that she's posting. <clears throat> oh my god! I know. Um, and I, so back to our Carolee Carmelo <laughs> Theater Company. Mm. I just thought selfishly for myself, but also I think she would have fun with it, and she could sing the fuck out of it. Yes. The narrator in Joseph. Yes! 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 All Lady like, Joseph I mean, starring Carolee Carmella. Rush it. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, I'm on game for that too. Listen, I'm and just saying, like, the that 
theater. That is the like, range is insane. If you've got a small town Andrew theater Lloyd company, for ladies, turn it around. Turn it around. This could be your dream. Yeah. This could be what yeah. something we could make this into a lifetime movie. Mm-hmm. How we turned around this small town theater company that was <laughs> on the rocks. Carolee Carmelo, that's how. <laughs> That would be amazing. Oh, my God. That is my Ugh. dream. I just... God. I want to live in that timeline. Also, because I want... I still want, like, Richard Fleischman to play Joseph, although you did say All Lady, which I'm also on board for, but if it weren't... If it weren't traditionally sex and gender cast... Uh, although, not traditionally, because did you know that the narrator was a man before Laurie Beachman? No shit. Yeah. <laughs> You go, um, Lori Beachman. <laughs> anyway, and then I like really want some like sexual tension between Carolee Carmelo and Richard Fleischman. Oh, is which this... like doesn't need to be there for the narrator, but I just want it. To yes, <laughs> for Carolee's sake, at the least. I think that's probably something she's interested in. Oh, sure. Right, he's very attractive. Yeah. Yes. Well, and also, uh, she also, other Carolee Carmelo update, continuing our scandalous talk, she ran into Candy Buckley. Oh, amazing. Yes. They both need jobs, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Candy, Buckley, scandalous. Candy Buckley was, <laughs> was her Vera. Perfect. I'm fucking here I don't know for Candy that. Buckley's type, but I'm sure she could do I'm it. I'm sure she could do it. And, you know. Right? I'm into that. Sold. Now it's time for the Audrey McDonald Tweet of the Week. On September 14th at 6.45 a.m. 6.44, excuse me. Audrey McDonald tweeted, Dear Mercury, get the fuck out of retrograde! Lovingly, Audrey McDonald. Oh. Retrograde woke Audrey McDonald up at 6.44. Actually, probably earlier. Well, sure. <laughs> you got to wipe the sleep out of your eyes before you tweet. Lots of people Gosh. are worried about Mercury and retrograde. I have no idea what that means, Me but it seems like it's causing people problems. Listen, it's something to do with the stars, and all it means is that people who believe in it are like, oh, like, communication's bad right now, and, like, so <laughs> that's why I can, like, blame weird I mean, little things on that. I mean, the only thing that scientifically I might, like, agree with is, and I don't even know if this is true, but it would make some semblance of sense to me, is that depending on where things are, gravitational pulls may change, Mm. and that could potentially adjust levels of things, which I'm speaking in the broadest of terms because I'm not even sure that any of that is true. Sure, sure, sure. (laughs) I mean, listen, like... Like, I'm I'm totally of the belief that, like, I'm ready, willing, and able to hear it if science wants to explain it in a mm-hmm. way that I don't understand it. I don't think science <laughs> yes. can ex- has an answer right now that could explain how the your star sign determines anything. Yeah. At all. Um, and I haven't been having communication issues in this time of Mercury retrograde. I've been having my normal life issues that happen all the time. Yeah. Also, I thought Mercury was out of retrograde. 
but I don't, who am I, who do I, what do I know? I don't know. I don't, I don't, have six don't, Tonys. don't even understand any of it. So, well, I'll say this, Mercury, stop fucking with Audra McDonald. Yeah. She's a national treasure. Leave her alone. She's a global treasure. Leave and Audra McDonald alone. <laughs> That's our show. Until next week, you can follow us on Twitter at, at Patty, the letter N, Emily, Patty, N, Emily. You can follow us individually at Patty with Y and at Emily Faye Oakley and find us anywhere else on the internet by searching Patty and Emily. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, rate us, and leave us a comment, and we'll read it on the show. Send us your topic suggestions, questions, dreamcasts, etc. And in the meantime, go, go see live theater! theater.